In October 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. In 2021, a horror movie podcast talks about the movies in the franchise. They were never seen again. Because it's a podcast. The Blair Witch franchise on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, the podcast that is metaphorically lost in the woods. <laughs> I am your host, Insane Mike, and it's summertime, time for camping. When I think of camping and summertime fun, I think about the Blair Witch movies. This is episode 237, and we're going to be talking about the whole Blair Witch franchise. Part one, part two, and part three. Yes. So I guess, yeah, only three. What about the video game? Oh man, I forgot about the video. What about game. the doc? Actually, I have Sticks notes about the doc in my notes. Curse, curse of the Blair Witch, the dossier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the musical? We'll get that. What? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, what about, about the porn last night? <laughs> the What's Bear Winch, the Bear Winch project. We could, oh, yeah. we could do a whole episode on just Blair Witch parodies. Guys, There's we're more. getting derailed here, Mike. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, we are a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together. We pick a topic, we discuss films within that topic, and yeah. Since we're all friends, uh, and this is a safe environment, we speak open and freely, so there may be spoilers. And swear words. And definitely swear words. Spoiler and alert. It's not bl- really safe, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a shooting gallery. Yeah. Uh, now that you know what we are about, uh, and this is officially your favorite show, you can help support the show. If you go to jointheattackers.com, you can help keep the show going and also become an official attacker. What's an attacker, you ask? I'm so glad you asked. An attacker is a special type of fan of the show where not only uh, you support the show, but you get all kinds of extra stuff. On jointheattackers.com, you can pick the tier you want to donate and pick the goodies you want based on those tiers. Uh, there is so much to choose from. You can get bonus episodes, uh, various video series, original art, shout-outs, your own official certificate and membership card, so much more. Again, go to jointheattackers.com and become an attacker today. Joining us on our journey in search of the Blair Witch is the podcast crew. For the longest time, he thought Michael Stipe played Mike in the Blair Witch Project because he said, that's me in the corner. Tad, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's hate- what you're starting with. I can't wait oh. to hear the rest of them. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. I hate that. I kind of like that one. <laughs> uh, when we do our documentary about the Blair Witch, he'll be on sound because he does a really good job of doing the sound here of the, on the show for the podcast. He's up with the audio. Jason! Stop it. That was all <laughs> fake, and I'll probably try and fix it later. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. He made a playlist for his hike in the woods. It has music from the Cranberries, the Almond Brothers, Eminem, 
He calls it his trail mix. Oh, Andy, God. everybody. I, I saw it, it coming. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Don't encourage <laughs> Um Just like Mike, I'm kicking that fucking list right into the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, our very and we, and lastly, our very special guest, film nerd Bill Wright. Everybody, hello! Thank you for having me. Thanks very for, excited. Thanks for being on. Why don't you uh, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself? <clears throat> yes, I am a film nerd. I assume as as many of you guys are. Went to film school, uh, moved to Atlanta to do film. Ended up in tech, so uh, that's what happens. But I do truly love horror movies and i'm very excited to discuss specifically the blair witch with you guys awesome excellent well it's awesome having you here can't wait to get into it uh, but first i'd like to take a moment and mention our sponsor shutter if you have not heard of shutter yet where have you been lost in the woods or something since 1994 <laughs> shutter is a streaming service for horror fans well for anybody who loves horror you don't even have to be a horror fan if you're just like oh i saw I saw Friday the 13th once. It's for you. From new and old, to Hollywood to independence, from TV series to feature films, from sea to shining sea, Shudder has something for any and every horror fan. If you have not signed up for Shudder, we can get you started by offering you a month of Shudder for free. So if you go there, you just enter our promo code AOTKP, you get a full month for free on us. That's right. So Thank do you. it now. You're welcome. <laughs> do it now. So I'm going to level with you. To be honest, the closest thing to camping that we've done lately is camping our butts on the couch and watching stuff. Uh, maybe uh, if we are lucky, we'll watch something with camping in it. Maybe. I don't know. But here's Tad with what we watched. All right, I can't wait to hear what you've seen. Andy, what have you watched? Um, I didn't get a lot uh a lot in because I was in uh I was on vacation for a little while, but Were you camping? Um, uh-huh. No, I was not camping. <laughs> um I was near I was near a lake though. I mean Did you eat any trail lake. mix? Uh no, no. God damn it. The hell with you. Um I did actually. Um, I've been on a little bit of a Lee Wannell kick, so I rewatched uh, Saw and Saw Two. Actually, I saw and, it. Um, yeah, I've <laughs> seen it. Um, Tad, are you trying to take over my job or something? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you both suck at it. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I watched um, uh, a documentary on the the Saw 4K because I went out and bought that, and it's just how it how the first movie just revolutionized uh horror films and just it was it was it was interesting it's an interesting little doc that they had on there and when i was watching saw 2 i was just like i don't uh it was it was okay you know cuz i hadn't seen it in shit by at least 10 years um but i don't really, the the characters weren't near as fleshed out as I remember them. I mean, they they just everything every description about them was was kind of vague, and I guess I was just picking it apart more because I was just analyzing it. But um, 
And I also uh, have been watching uh, The Dark Side of the Ring. Everybody knows that I'm a big fan of that. I watched the Collision in Korea one where basically... So good, dude. Yeah. These guys were just having to walk on eggshells, even, you know, performing in front of these people. Um, yeah, it's... I definitely, definitely check that out because these guys were literally afraid for their lives. And they, they were just... When they landed, they took their passports and held on to them, like... Yeah. Basically, it was like, if, if you don't do what we want you to, you're not leaving this country. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Rick, well, Rick Flair, they said, uh, Scott Norton, this uh, really huge uh, wrestler guy, he said when they got, when they flew back to Japan from Korea, <laughs> Rick Flair, you know, in his like shit $5,000 suit or whatever, he just got down on his hands and knees and kissed the ground in Japan. He's just like, you know, stepped off the plane. Yeah. So good to be back in Japan. So good to be back in Japan and, you know, woo, you know, and then probably strutted off and then started, you know, had sex with like three or four women and drank all night. Um, anyway, uh, the next episode I, I saw was in the shadow of Grizzly Smith. And, uh, all I got to say is brace yourself for impact because it's a hard watch because, Jake the Snake Roberts and his sister and his brother were all wrestlers, and you would you'd never know that they were related. I mean, they weren't like you know the Hart brothers or the Von Erichs, where it's just like, hey, we're we're this big happy family. It's like no, that's not how they grew up. Uh, Grizzly Smith is their dad, and. Uh, he was absolutely very horrible to Jake and his brother, uh, Sam. And, uh, he was really, really horrible to his daughter and a, and a variety of very underage girls. And I'll just leave it at that. It's a hard watch, but, uh, yeah, it's still very, very entertaining TV. And like I said, I didn't get it, get, to watch much else but definitely definitely and i know i say this every episode that i get a chance to talk about this watch dark side of the ring very good stuff yeah i haven't seen the newest one because it just looks like super dark i mean it's it's on the dvr they're not like there's any fucking happy episodes it's dark side of the ring not like exactly (laughs) Uh, i watched the a and a or uh what is the a and e documentary on mick foley that was like two and a half hours that was really fantastic oh yeah uh, I've read all of his books too. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have a signed copy of uh, "Have a Nice Day." I think it's his first one. But um, me too, actually. Yeah, the, the, that series it touches on some of the dark stuff, but it's more about like the like coming up and how they became who they are. So it's like the positive side of Dark Side of the Ring. So uh, yeah. I, I recommend that too. But uh, Jason, I know we're gonna have some crossover. <laughs> yep. So you go ahead and uh, let us know what you watch. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. I uh, I gotta go fast because I just counted and I think I'm back to my old ways. I there's 18 <laughs> movies I saw since. Jesus. I know. In the last two <laughs> Do weeks. Do you shower? <laughs> anyway, moving He's got on. A TV so, in the shower. Right. No, I'll just hit the big ones. Uh, got the fam out. Uh, Tina and Brighton went with me, and we went and saw a Quiet Place Part Two. Me too. In the theater. Awesome. God dang, that movie was great. Just I got a short story to tell about that real quick. Okay. <laughs> so we were in. I went to go see it uh, when it came out as well. We went to a theater uh, that had like sort of just started opening back up. 
And about halfway through the movie, during this huge action scene, like, I guess a thunderstorm happened outside and it cut the sound out. The speakers went out. Oh, that's funny. But it's it's a quiet place. So nobody in the theater realized what was happening for about five (laughs) minutes until people's like characters in the movie were talking and nothing was happening. And then so like we like had to go out because the sound was still working in the booth. So they thought that it was working and Uh everybody in the theater was just like, like apprehensive. Like, do we tell anybody? (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) Truly absurd. Wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I finally saw Nobody, Incredible, loved it. Need to see that. Yeah, man. Bob Odenkirk is the man. So good. Army of the Dead, awesome. I just came out too. I don't know why it's really quiet, so I guess I'm alone on that one. All right. I still uh, haven't seen it. Okay. I'll I don't got three hours. Hey, yeah. Um, gosh. You guys made me watch that The Orange Years. That was really, really good. Yeah, that was awesome, right? That was awesome. Um, 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 the Friends reunion. I was so. Damn it! I haven't watched it yet, dude. How have you not watched it? Because you know, just have some Kleenex ready. It's so good. I have eyes and ears, so I refuse to watch it. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, uh, it's attitudes like that that I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I'll put it that way. Oh. Uh, one I had just, I don't know why it took so long to watch, but St. Maud finally got some A24 action in there. Obviously I loved it. It was, it was, uh, talk about an ending there, right? Yeah. I probably should have said that. Um, it, but it was more of a, it was, how do I, it was more of a movie than it was, than I thought it was going to be than a, like an A24 movie. Yeah. You know, like it was just not that it was normal, but like. I don't know. It just—it was great, though. It was awesome, and I really, really loved it. It's everywhere now: Hulu and Amazon Prime. And lastly, last night uh, we watched *The Conjuring*. The devil made me do it. Me too. Last night or no Saturday night? Yeah. Talk about a great fucking movie. I didn't I'm like kind it. Of a, I'm in a pickle. I was too hungover to finish it. Oh, guys. <laughs> it was kind of boring in the middle, and I like had this raging headache, and I was like, I'll check it out later. It was awesome. Wow, jump scares aren't perfect for a hangover? <laughs> Who would have thought? Some people eat greasy food. I uh, try and scare the shit out of myself. <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll stop there, and I'll leave the... I don't want to talk about Joe Bob, because I can't. I'll stop. Hey, that's what I watched. All right. Well, then, Mike, what did you watch? <laughs> well, you should have, Jason, because I didn't get a chance to watch Joe I Bob. I did watch Joe Bob. Um, but I am so looking forward to it because, you know, he did movie shot on VHS, <clears throat> and I love that My stuff. My least favorite movie. Yeah. We did Spookies, man. That movie sucked too. It's one of my least favorites. Always has been. I've never seen Spookies, Spookies, and it was Was a blast on there. Was that the second? Was that the second showing? Last week. Last the week before. Oh, the week before. He did Train to Busan and Spookies, which is a fucking weird double feature. I am so far behind on Joe Bob and man. But they did a rap video for Spookies, and it was fucking glorious. Yeah, that part was cool. What I did watch though is I too watched Army of the Dead. Um, what'd you think? <sighs> yep, it lost it. Well, you said it was awesome. I did. You said it was great. You said positive, mm. and then left it. I, that. I finally just said it. <laughs> yeah, it was, 
I, it was, I mean, it's interesting. It's a you know, it's tapes. a fun take on it. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, it takes a lot for Jason not to say something nice about a movie. So it's true. Sledgehammer, fuck that what? movie. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Army of the Dead, totally fine. It started off. It started off great. I was way into it. Um, um, and I did not know about the recasting of the right. helicopter t- person, Tick t- t- Taro, until yeah, like the star we, of the show. Yeah, until like we are literally in the middle of watching it and Brandy tells me that and I could not, it made me mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Cause I couldn't not think of that anytime she was on screen. It was like, Oh, it was frustrating. But anyway, I thought the movie started off really strong. I liked uh, some of the, con- I love the idea of, of you never see a zombie movie where they, um, where they board up the zombies. It's always like, you know, hey, we we have this town, and we've boarded we've boarded ourselves in away from the zombies. This is a one time where they've um, isolated the zombies, and I thought that was great. The fact that it was Vegas, I thought was cool, um, and it makes sense because like once you get outside of city limits of Vegas, there is nothing but desert. Um, so the, just the them getting zombies getting stronger and developing characteristics there were leaders the mega zombies or whatever they were called yeah the queen Um, and king yeah that shit was cool yeah it was that was that was neat a neat new thing but oh man did it it did it did it bite it in the second half man it just uh no pun intended but it just (laughs) it just lost all of it it's gusto in the second half just everything not making sense anymore and not it just felt like the whole second half they just didn't even care I thought things were so well written in the first half, and I was like, "How can you not pay attention to the second half of your of your script?" Um, yeah, and I know this is this is a nitpicky thing, and but uh, I I am so done with movies where there's going to be um, a city blown up or some kind of nuclear explosion, and they just escape the blast at the last second. It's a nuclear explosion. First of all, a helicopter is not going to be able to outrun that blast. And second of all, it doesn't matter if they got out of just barely got out of the blast zone. They're going to be dead anyway from radiation, and whatnot. You know, just you're in an old fridge like Indiana Jones. <laughs> that- oh, zombies! That part you can <laughs> rationalize, but. Uh- I'm just giving shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to, what is? Why does it always have to be a nuclear weapon? Is is my thing of we all know that it's that it, you're not going to get out of that situation. And then the fact that you know the last ten minutes lasted twenty uh, for the <laughs> countdown, um, and then. I- and then again, you know, we talked about it in the bonus episode. I'm all for bleak and unhappy endings, but it really the ending really made the whole movie to me utterly pointless. Like it, all of it was literally for nothing. Right. That's the part that got me. Yeah. Especially especially with uh, the daughter and her motivation because 30 people die so that one can make it out and but didn't like, even is, but didn't even and then didn't and what what really was aggravating about that did you notice that like those final moments between the the those two the the father and daughter they didn't bother looking for her the 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 girl that they were trying to get out of there um you didn't see you didn't even see her like 
dead or anything, you know, under the pile of rubble or whatever. Just, you know, just that character just didn't exist in the story anymore. And so, yeah, so, yeah, bummer. Thumbs down. Um, I spent way too much time on that, so <laughs> let me speed things up a little bit. I Then I watched, uh, I also watched another zombie movie, um, but it's an older one from a few years back, and it's hilarious if you have not seen Night of the Living Deb. Yeah, that movie's awesome. That movie is, is mm-hmm. was great. Uh, really, really fun Hilarious. and funny. At first, I was a little, you know, sometimes I get a little snobby about zombie performances. I didn't really, at first, I'm like, eh, they're a little too cartoony in their action, but it doesn't matter. It was, it's still just a lot, it was still a lot of fun and really funny. That, that redhead is hysterical. Yeah, she was funny. so good. I, th- I was worried too, I was going to hate her, that she was going to be too obnoxious, but. She grows on you fast, and it's really funny. Last one, uh, I watched a movie from 1991 called Scary Movie. So it's not the parody movie. This is from 91, but the movie looks like it's from 1977. And I kid you not, that's not even me being um, trying to be funny or exaggerating in the least. This movie looks like it was made in the 70s and not in the throwback kind of way. Like I, at the end of the movie, and I went to go log in onto a letterbox, and I'm like, "Oh shit, it's right, it's from 1991," and I'm watching the movie, being far more forgiving to it than I should have been because it because it wasn't a movie made in 1977, but it stars John Hawks, you know, from from Dust Till Dawn and um, mm-hmm. Identity, um, and I didn't realize this. He played the cowboy in Freaked, so that's awesome. Hmm. Um, so he, but he's great in it. Yeah. He's really good, which is good because the movie completely relies on him. Um, but it's about this, uh, this like super neurotic guy who's like scared of everything. His, his buddy talks him into going out to, uh, do this like double date blind date thing while they go and it's Halloween. So they go to, um, a haunted house attraction and, Half of the movie is spent the, spent with them in line waiting to get into the attraction. It's like it's so freaking slow. Um, I think Andy should watch this because there are there's so many bad lines in this movie that uh, yeah you would you would go hoarse from reciting them, Andy, on the show if you were to do it. Um, and there's this uh there's this prison transfer, this mental patient that. Uh, escapes and is on the loose so you could see where the movie's going uh from there but it doesn't end up going that way Woo! so uh, maybe i should have mentioned this movie on the bonus episode of most memorable endings because uh, it's got a twist anyway but that's what i watched <laughs> all right bill what have you watched recently yes thank you i will counter his 18 movies with one uh <laughs> mostly <laughs> Mostly because you guys mentioned all the new ones that I watched recently, but um, you know, it's not really a horror. But it, in Bo Burnham's Inside, that was uh, awesome. I'm awesome. not a huge Bo Burnham guy, oh. but I like watched the, I like saw like the the tag on Netflix where they like play a little bit of it, and I was hooked immediately. Mm-hmm. So I watched the whole thing. It is, I guess you could call it horror because it's like. <laughs> Truly delving into the mind of somebody stuck in like a solitary location throughout the pandemic, as we all were, a great reflection of that, and generally just funny as hell. Just mm-hmm. so, so good. So good. I love his comedy. It's smart. Mm-hmm. For a goofball. There's that, 
there's that scene where he's like, he's like, thank you guys so much for watching so far. We've had a great time and I'm and I'm having a great time putting on for you. And he's like holding a knife the whole time. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it's kind of like a good yeah. metaphor for the whole movie where it's like slightly threatening. You're like, not sure <laughs> what exactly is going That's on. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I didn't catch the whole thing. Nikki was watching it. Uh, I think last time I recorded an episode, I stepped out and she was like halfway through it uh, at the intermission, actually. So I only saw the second half, <laughs> but uh I enjoyed what I saw, so I need to go back and check it all out. But uh, quick, someone asked me, what have I watched? Yo, Tad, what have you watched lately? Oh, you know, just so much. Um, no, most of the stuff, like uh, I saw Quiet Place and Conjuring. Uh, didn't love The Conjuring, but mm. I, I think it's just because I'm just I... sort of over The Conjuring but universe. But it's different. And that's okay. It's different. It's not ghosts. You know, it yeah. was different. No. Didn't care. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it was it was fine. I didn't hate it by any means. I just didn't, uh, and, and I wasn't expecting to love it either. It was just that's why mm. I saw it on HBO Max rather than a theater where usually I'll go to theaters for almost anything. But um, yeah. outside of that, you know, watch Joe Bob. They did Sledgehammer, and I didn't get to watch Things yet. I'm I'm oh. like saving that to watch it with a few. F- I, I saw parts of it. Like we watched it uh, probably like twenty minutes of it. Um, I'll tell you, it yes. might have been his best intro I've ever seen on anything he's ever done was when he's introducing things. Just the links that he goes to to make it okay for you to watch the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it was I thought it was brilliant. Well, as yeah, always, I've, but I I love it because um last week people just were all about like all over him about spookies and how bad it was and it's like you guys have no idea and that's what Joe Bob is about like yeah. you don't tune in to watch your favorite movies of Joe Bob you yeah. you tune in to discover things and learn things about your about movies um and this is like you know it's, he made sledgehammer watchable i watched that yesterday while i edited uh a po- an episode and and uh you know i i basically i've seen it and so i muted it during the movie parts and then mm-hmm. you know unmuted when he talked and then that was made it much more bearable but um did he did he go into the fact that the amount of alcohol consumed in that movie would have killed keith richards (laughs) and (laughs) you know i just i'll I'll never get over that those people should be dead never you know a slasher Uh, wouldn't have killed him consumption would have he deep dives into it it's interesting like learned way more than i ever ever wanted to yes. about sledgehammer but uh, <laughs> but it was it was awesome um th- these might be spoilers for for my podcast but i watched uh eight mile for the first time nice. with eminem um watched my first bond movie in goldfinger Ooh, really uh, yeah wow. so th- those two were the like yeah yeah well i mean you'll have to listen to a two-hour podcast to find out what i thought about him but um okay. I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I watched. Well, sweet. Thank you very much, Tad. That was awesome. Okay, people, get them tweets ready because it is now time for Pole Position with Jason. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. Alrighty, folks, let's take a quick look back a couple episodes ago, a couple poll positions ago, to episode 235. The question was, what is your favorite black and white film? Uh, does everybody remember their answers? I'll tell you. Mike said Night of the Living Dead. Jason said Psycho. Ted said Black Sunday. Andy said House on Haunted Hill. Any, any guesses? 
Uh, Mike thinks he won. Number one all yeah. the way with a yeah. bullet, Night of Living Dead. <laughs> well, let me let me put a sh- let me shock you here. Uh, this two weeks in a row, Andy was zero. Wow. Zero votes. Well, that's only because you said Psycho before I could. That's probably which is true. Probably one of my favorite horror movies. And that's time. why I won with forty three percent of the vote <laughs> with Psycho. That's bullshit. And say Mike and Ted both tied with twenty nine percent of the votes. That's yeah, I forgot votes. to log into if, my uh, burner accounts to vote on. Yeah, myself. see, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Jason oh. could have spared a couple of his. That's true. I, I think. I think <laughs> House on Haunted Hill should have deserved at least a few. I more. agree well, with of, you. Of all of all time, against considering what, what it was up against, yeah, I can understand yeah. why I didn't get votes. All right. Well, let's move on to this week's poll position. The question before you: What is your favorite movie? Which Insane Mike, you're up first. Well, I'm already um, expecting not to win this one. <laughs> Uh, that's a good place to start because i i went i went from the heart not what Uh, i think would be the most popular answer uh, yes win your votes that's the question (laughs) uh i'm not gonna attempt to pronounce the character's name but i'm going with barbara barbara Steele from black sunday and i think (laughs) i wish you'd try no i think (laughs) one of the reasons why i'll probably lose is because (sighs) the arguments amongst fans over the years of is she a witch or is she a vampire? A lot right. of people call her a vampire in the movie, but first of all, the movie starts off with like witch trials, so you can't tell me she's not a witch. No, that's it's a good one. I mean, that's that's a great movie. You should get mm-hmm. one vote, I hope. <laughs> all right, I'll go next. I chose the witch of the wood, the evil woman in the movie, the witch who basically ruins the Thomason who ruins Thomason and her family's life by stealing their baby and enchanting their young son. That movie is so good. I, I In my head, I'm like, oh, can I say Black Phillip? But anyway, The Witch in the Wood of The Witch. Eggers movie, The Witch. Uh, Tad, what'd you pick? I picked Helena Marcos from Suspiria. I wanted, I thought Ooh, about when that When you posted really that, I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, totally like build up to the end when we finally see her. Uh, just a strange, strange reveal, a strange looking witch, but totally creepy uh, and just a memorable one. So good. So good. All right. And Andy, finish it off here. Please get one vote for us, Andy. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm oh, going to try. Gonna I w- I w- uh, you see, the, I'm so freaking torn because I thought of another one like no. just now. Um. All right, you, you to- uh, well, yeah. Uh, part of me really wants to say uh, Meg Foster's witch from mm, The Lords, Lords of Salem. Salem. Yeah, yeah, I considered that one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll say what I'll I'll stick with what I originally did was uh, I can't remember the witch's actual name or if they even said it, but I guess it's Jane Doe from The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Ooh. Dude, dude, I, I, I guess it's the right choice. The better choice, I'm, at least yeah. for a personal <laughs> level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I, I really like Meg Foster, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, uh, it's true. Her. But she I sort of has you. a Necronomicon face in that movie. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, but Jane Doe, Jesus, is there more badass of kicking so much ass while just laying on? A and very, I would say the most unique <laughs> one on the list the for sure. Absolutely, unique, yeah. for sure. All right, well, effort into the ass kicking. Yeah. 
So Bill on Twitter only lets us have uh, four poll answers to to vote on. So, uh, but if you were able to give a vote, who who would you who would your favorite movie witch be? Right. Well, and it's kind of weird. None of you guys said it because it's got to be the grandma from Halloween Town, right? <laughs> the nicest, there you go. There you go. the kindest so witch <laughs> of all time. Disney's oh, yeah. sweetheart. We went with evil witches. We I did see. I did see. I did like. We you know when I was like googling it, she popped up. Yeah. I love those movies. You do. Like Angelica Houston in the witches as well. You know, yeah, kind of uh, Meg Mucklebones. Uh, that's legend. a fake name. Legend. Is that a fake name? Did you just make that name up? <laughs> no, I. That's from, that's from Legend. Yeah. Oh boy. The, oh, nobody said the, the swamp, the Blair Witch. witch. Oh, I wonder why. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Weird. All right. Well, everybody, get your butts over to Twitter at aotkp. Get your votes in. Choose who you think got it right, and that is pole position. I just want to say I'm extremely proud of myself that I did not, during that, all of that, go witch, witch. I am, pr- <laughs> but you still found a way to say you it. still indulged, yep. so. You don't get And you probably own the credit. board game. <laughs> no, minus credit. Now is our time to take a trip through the woods of Burkittsville, and, um, and we discuss the films of The Blair Witch. Uh, first, though, I want to start off with an ec- with a little extra homework that I did. Um, since we only really do three films, and I really wanted to put it on the list, too. Um, but uh, I also watched The Curse of the Blair Witch, the uh, mockumentary yeah. that uh, was made back in the day when the, to uh, help promote the authenticity of the Blair Witch Project. I personally feel like Curse of the Blair Witch belongs within the whole franchise. So in my opinion, there isn't three films in the franchise. There's four it. Cause it feels so much more of the story that yeah. lasts through the whole franchise. Um, you know, there's just stuff that's hinted at and, and discussed throughout the franchise that is fully explained in the curse, uh, curse of the Blair witch that, and um, on its own and you know as far as i'm concerned anytime you have a really good franchise you should be able to take movies within that franchise and and let them stand on their own and and curse of the blair witch can totally stand on its own without the other films um even though it's only ever been just available as bonus content uh with the blair witch project uh but i do find it interesting though uh as i was watching the movies over the weekend um, that all three of the main films are available for, uh, for free on prime, but you had to pay three ninety nine to watch curse of the Blair, Witch. what's, what's up with that? Anybody have anything they want to say about curse before we get into the, uh, the three films? I, I watched it this weekend too. It was, I realized it was the first time I saw it. I never, oh, nice. I never saw it in cool. the, Oh, when it happened, and I mean, I know every, everyone was, had talked about it, so I just kind of got a secondhand vibe from it. So I don't know; it didn't have any nostalgia for me or anything. So I thought it was just, you know, okay. Oh, but but I understand. But it was fun to see how the filmmakers were getting you, 
you know, now I that you totally know. See, yep. You know, and, and, and considering, too, back in the day, you didn't get a lot of stuff like this. No. So no. you're not as jaded as you are today. Yep. But uh, but I still think they did an amazing job with, yeah. with the with uh, the realism of this documentary. Still played legit, for sure. I mean, I've seen so many mockumentaries um, where, you know, you're sitting there, it's like, yeah, this is obviously not real, but you really question it with this one. Yeah. I think a they couple, don't show a couple their of cards at all. No, and I think a couple of things that really, to me, push it over the top. For one, that scene <clears throat> with the guy who claims to be a witch doing the um, obvious uh, public access the show. Guy, yeah, yeah. Um, just the poor quality of the audio and the video so of, his, of his of his little show. That yeah, you're convinced that this is a real thing, and then. Um, and then the Rustin like mystic occurrences or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. And then the Rustin Parr scenes when they're interviewing him after he did what he did, they did a really good job of making that look like old footage from like the fifties or whatever. Well, I mean, if we're talking about the franchise, we can't not mention Bill's uh, <laughs> on Instagram. Ooh, <clears throat> I made a silly Instagram video. It's fun, but. <laughs> I loved, I loved it. it I just, yeah. I just yeah. copied their stuff. It was awesome to make, though. A lot it fun. looked really fun. Well, obviously, left an impression on me because, like, when they said they're doing Blair Witch movies, I was like, I know the guy because I, I <laughs> still think about how like great that was of a recreation and just perfect. Yeah, everything lined up. I had a costume for Halloween, and then I like found this VHS uh, video app, <laughs> and I was like, Oh wow! I know what I'm doing. I got a day. That. We should yeah. make a. We should make a quick <laughs> Blair Witch tribute uh plus it was super fun to like go through the lore which i think is like my favorite part about the blair witch movies is just like all they like created there's a lot of, really yeah, oh, yeah like a, the world building is yeah. is amazing and it was yeah. fun to to be able to like you know pretend like that was real for a day or so the blair witch universe <laughs> yes absolutely yeah cool all right jason where are we going to start we're going to start at the beginning-ish of the feature films. We're going to go with The Blair Witch Project from 1999. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. search of the three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, a um, few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some, uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? I'm so scared. Found video footage tells the tale of three film students, Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard, and Michael Williams, who traveled to a small town to collect documentary footage about the Blair Witch, a legendary local murderer. Over the course of several days, the students interview townspeople and gather clues to support the tale's veracity. But the project takes a frightening turn when the students lose their way in the woods 
and begin hearing horrific noises. Woo, baby. Spooky. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things to say about this movie. Where do you even start? I mean, since we're all filmmakers, I mean, it did the impossible, you know, the micro-budget film, make, making the most profit ever made in ever. Like, it's just incredible how this movie took off, and there's so many great reasons why. And Mike, you know, talked about it with that curse of video, with the internet just barely starting, with, the, you know, it's the perfect storm, you know, Hopefully, of yeah. Uh, yeah. just the way they were promoting it and i mean yeah i mean it's tough for something like this to exist today we had the closest thing is. we've had is like yeah. paranormal activity but it's like mm-hmm. like you said with the with the uh internet there but not in everybody's pocket like it is now um the word of mouth was spreading the rumors about it is it true is it not well part of parts of it's true uh the lore you know it's just it's effect on it was, pop culture yeah it was i, I heard there People had like gotten bootleg VHSs from like premieres and it was like circulating <laughs> through college campuses and stuff. It's just it like was, that crazy marketing. It was such a, it was at the right place at the right time where your suspension of disbelief could be still kind of messed with. You know, it was like, like you said, is it real or is, is it not real? You know, and like I think they touched upon it in the, in the sequel. It's just like people are going, you know, to like Maryland and like, you know, buying rocks and shit, stuff like that. So Well, we were all internet babies too. Like it wasn't it wasn't that that big yet. And so it's like hard to figure out and like believe like what's true and what's not on the internet at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely uh one of those no I mean I wasn't like a gullible person that completely <laughs> believed it, but I was all I was there with it from the very beginning as far as all that advertising. I was is it real, is it not? I don't remember having a lot of friends growing up or, you know, the internet uh, <laughs> to really talk to anyone else about it. But you know, you'd hear things and see things and read some things and and I, I mean it's one of my favorite stories of experiences watching a movie. I'll I'll never forget it till I die. I just I remember Going, I can't remember if I went by myself or me and Spooty went, but, uh, you know, we just went to this little theater, uh, just in the next town over. And, uh, it was, uh, the, the image of him standing in that corner is just gonna, mm-hmm. has always, has always to this day, uh, fucked me up. Isn't, is a little strong, but like, uh, it gets me, it gets me. And, and I just remember like, I was so scared scared when i got home it was dark it was the late show uh where i lived was dark there wasn't a lot of lighting and i (laughs) literally ran from the car to the house i mean i'm a grown adult (laughs) and i ran from the car to the house i was just so shook up from this movie it was awesome you know it was so cool to be that scared over this crazy crazy thing Dude, my experience with this movie Similar, the first yeah. time is a mirror reflection of your experience because saw it in the theater with a buddy, um, but oh, trumpet a little bit. I lived. You've lived out way more than I would do. I yeah. lived out in the middle of nowhere, just outside of Oskaloosa, with with this woodland area in the back of in the back. It was a really windy night, so the whole house. It wasn't a big house, and the whole house was just like 
creaking and popping all fucking night long, just noises everywhere. And to, tr- to top it all off, the basement to this house was a dirt basement that looked just like the freaking basement. Uh. Yeah, in the movie. Um, I didn't like going in that basement before I saw the Blair Witch, and I don't think I ever stepped foot in that basement after seeing the Blair Witch. Uh, there was nobody home. It was home alone that night after seeing the movie. I turned all the lights in the house on. Yep. It was awesome. It was. I'm right there with you. I got myself so freaked out that it was the, it was one of the most fun movie watching experiences ever. Just because. You know, we, we watch so many horror movies, man, and they just don't affect us at all anymore. So to be able to create that experience um, for yourself is always a, always a golden moment. What really s- sold this this movie to me, you know, it, I mean, the movie really kind of s- sells itself because it's it's presented as you know a a real thing, but. I remember seeing the poster and it wasn't, you know, not the Heather Donahue with, you know, the beanie on, but the, the missing, yeah, yeah. the missing mm-hmm. pe- person's uh, poster. And I was just like, holy crap, what, it, you know, what is this? You know, it had, had them all. I mean, it really, that was the one thing that really, really caught my eye. And I was just like, wow, it, you know, and like I, like I said, you know, we were talking earlier, uh, is this real or is it not? And then you're just like, man. That that that's the one thing that really really drew me in, and I was just like, man, I really want to see this now. Well, dude, take the trailer that we just listened to. The trailer yeah. only has just a little bit of the actual movie in it when she's talking to the camera. The rest of it is stuff from that curse documentary, where it's yeah. like, you know, these kids have been missing, and so the the yes, it definitely hit at just the right moment with with its use of the internet and everything. Um, but uh, the the advertising in this movie was pure genius. I, don't, I I would just flat out say not since like the old um, Orson Welles radio play of War of the Worlds has any media duped the world as much as Blair Witch Project. <laughs> There's a lot more genius going on than that with this movie. Let's talk about the the way it was filmed and written and performed and. I a thousand percent agree with you because I mean I've seen this movie a hundred times and even rewatching it again this weekend I love it the same as much as I did the first time for real because and people I feel like audiences are so jaded with it because one sure they don't like to be fooled so I think the movie hurt itself in the long run as far as longevity goes um, because. Uh, People go out of their way to hate this movie because one, they got duped, and two, the they they just feel like it's amateurish and it's just like all improv-y and whatnot. But I truly feel that there is master filmmaking going on in this movie. And for me, the highlight of this movie is that ending. I um I feel like that ending is pure genius uh, in editing and execution. Uh, I remember when I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and we had this one class where I don't even remember honestly what the class is about. We did so much other stuff like off topic in that class, but it was still all very educational. Uh, I remember we watched a scene from the movie Aliens and we dissected that scene 
Um, and it's the scene where they're they're in that room and the al- they don't know where the aliens are, but they have that device that beeps and lets them know that they're coming. And the aliens are like really right up above them and all that. And uh, we watched that scene and we picked it apart. And one of the things, um, because that, that scene in particular causes a lot of tension when you watch it. It's really suspenseful. And um, so we picked out the it's part as why, mathematical, it, yeah. why it was that way. And it had a lot to do with the, the, cam, the, the camera shots um, to create the claustrophobic of the scene. Each time they would cut to a different actor throughout that scene, the camera would just consistently get closer and closer to people's faces in that scene. Um, the device where the aliens um, are coming at them. It gets louder and louder, and the beeps happen faster and faster throughout that scene. And the Blair Witch does the exact same thing with audio. It's brilliant because Mike goes into the basement. He gets knocked down. All you see is the camera hit the ground. And through the rest of the movie, when it switches to Heather's camera and she's in the attic, the audio through the rest of that scene is from Mike's camera. So you're hearing as this... Uh, the tension grows with you as the watcher of this movie because the audio of her running down the stairs, screaming for Mike, her cries, all of that stuff just consistently just grows louder and louder through that whole scene. And I just, I just think that whole moment is utter brilliance. I also love the way that they, it was written. I mean, it really was improv in a way they would, how they would drop off, you know, they really threw these three uh, actors It was literally out. improv, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they threw them out in the woods, and they, you know, they would just get their little bit of notes in the morning or whatever, and they would just, you know, have to hit the dot points and then react to what went on, and, and it's fucking cool. I mean, no, there wasn't movies that did anything like that before, and, and just... This this not the, only just the documentary style, but this handheld. It was one of the first handheld shaky cam movies like this. This found footage. It's the first time they not the first, but you know, it's like they really they really honed in on some really cool shit all at once. Yeah, I was fourteen when this came out. Um, my brother was eighteen, so he. I believe brought back like a he had a VHS tape. I didn't I didn't get to see it in the theater as far as I remember because I think I would remember if I saw it in theaters. But uh, I think that almost added to it where it was like I'm not in a safe theater. I mean I guess some people like home is safe too, but it's like when you pop in a VHS tape, it's almost like you're putting in their footage, you know, or something like mm-hmm. like someone ah. cop- copied it or something. Uh, and and it's funny because. Um, I just got like a new little mini TV with a VCR built into it. And uh, Nikki found this box of VHS tapes in the basement in storage. And she brought them upstairs and she had a tape where she had recorded Blair Witch Project off of TV. Yeah. And, uh, but I had already watched, unfortunately I already had watched it. Uh, cause I was like, damn, that would have been perfect to watch it on like your (laughs) shitty, like third generation VHS tape. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the the absolute perfect storm of everything in this movie from, you know, the, everything you guys have already said, yeah. that the performances, the thought process. I mean, they could have just fumbled the ending and it wouldn't be remembered like it is. Um, and then the marketing itself, the word of mouth, everything about it. Um, it's it's the movie of that generation. I mean, 
we're still talking about it. It's still like, I, I wasn't sure how it would hold up. I've probably watched yep. it, uh, four times since yeah. the nine, you know, 99, whatever. Uh, and this is the first time probably in like three or four years that I sat down and watched it. And I did it at like two in the morning and I shut every light off and closed the door. And I have a movie room where no light can get in. And, uh, it was like uncomfortable watching it by myself, you know, to be honest, it was sort of like, uh, I wanted to check my phone just to like make myself like tune out a little Life bit. Line. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, what's strong? What draws you to this? I was gonna movie? say, Bill, tell us how old you were when this came oh, out. Yeah, worry. this is my secret. This is the, that I'm ashamed of, but like my mirrors tads a lot. Cause I was seven when this movie came out, <laughs> you know? Wow. So like I didn't get to go see in theaters oh. and, and I'm a dumb little kid. Who, uh, my friend, <laughs> Matt, took it from Josh. Josh Lamb had got it. And so he got it from his older brother and we all watched it in like yeah. in my friend's living room, probably like eight or nine years old. And, you know, I, are we even in middle school at that point? I don't know. And so it's like obviously true. The whole story is true. Right. When you're that young, you know, like there's no, we don't have the, the critical thinking skills to be like, it's, I mean, I'm watching this in my, in my house on a VHS. So it might not be, but. So it scared the living daylights out of me as a kid. I do remember being very frustrated that I didn't see the witch, but that's a little kid thing. And then I, you know, I came back to it again as an adult uh, a little bit later, probably like in film school to, to try and recapture what, what went so well in the found footage. And every time I watch it, I, I get really entranced by their, the three of their performances. There's like, I mean, the only time that I've seen that sort of like improvisational thing work again is in, coherence i don't know if you guys have seen that movie. yes um because that that was the same sort of thing where they just gave them little notes and just had them like react to things like banging on doors and stuff um which is rad but there's like it's like the scenes when they're sitting around the fire and she like zooms in the camera and she's like uh, the flames are licking you like the devil josh and it's like that's just some dumb shit i would do yeah. like if i was out <laughs> camping and it made me really like you know uh, attach myself to the character because it, it felt real because it was real. It was just like three people camping while the directors would come and shake their tents at three in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. and there's, there's something magical to that and really capturing like true emotion. That's why like I'm, it. I'm not a camper. Like wh wh where, where do you guys stand as far as camping? <laughs> I, I forgot to say that. Like uh, I, I was a boy scout growing up. All I did was camp. All I've ever done was camp. And I haven't been back since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Jaws effect to beaches. It, it did. Yeah, it did. I like I like nature. I like hiking. I like being outside. I like going on walks and you know doing all that. But give me no bugs. Give me air conditioning and give me <laughs> a, a bed. bed. Yes. <laughs> Screw all that. You like tents can, tents can kiss my ass. <laughs> no. That's not going to happen. I mean, me, I go round for round, me, me and my wife. I'm going to get you to go camping someday. Well, you're going to. You're going to give me yeah, an RV. <laughs> I'm the, no, I don't even want one of those big shit boats. I don't, I don't even like those things. No, man. I want, I want four walls and a bed and a television. <laughs> That's how I camp. Exactly. And no bugs, man. No way, dude. And you're in a cabin in the woods situation. <laughs> yeah exactly i got a couple mm. more little stories about so two of my other favorite favorite things that ever happened in my life uh so 
uh, Flyboy. Everybody knows Flyboy, right? Flyboy. Flyboy. Yeah. And he uh, he loves them ghosts. I don't know if you know that. And <laughs> witches and the occults and the Bigfoots and the running around in the woods. So you have to know The Blair Witch is like one of his favorite movies of all time. And so for years now, Flyboy and I and all of us, but we used to go to, or we used to, we do go to conventions a lot. And we both had the pleasure of meeting Mike and Heather at one of these. And, oh, cool. uh, so yes, very cool. But what I they lived? Sto- They're alive? Shut your <laughs> well, Josh didn't because he wasn't there. He was supposed oh. to be, and then he had a thing because he actually still acts, you know, so. But uh, two of the most amazing things ever happened. So uh, they have uh, Q&A panel type things for celebs at these conventions. And so we are fucking front row for for Heather and Mike. And and, uh, so we're just in in there. We've been waiting forever. Like Flyboy could not miss it. We had to be there early. And we're just waiting. And all right, it's getting time. Maybe the lights go down. But we're still kind of waiting, and then it's kind of quiet, and then we hear from the back, Josh, where are you, Josh? With Mike's fucking voice, and we fell out of our chairs. Our hearts stopped. We lost <laughs> our fucking minds. It was, <laughs> it was the voice that screamed Josh, and he was fucking doing it from back behind the curtain, and it was the greatest scariest i got goosebumps just kind of thinking about it again it was unreal just getting to hear him do it oh my god it was incredible incredible and so it didn't end there at same convention flyboy has a knack of talking celebrities into doing things i don't know why i don't know if it's just he's got more balls than everyone to just ask yeah and that's what happened so he's like we're in line to get autographs from these two and he's got things ready, and he's like, and we're like two or three back away, and he's like, hey, dude. And so I'm always like the guy that takes the pictures and and you know holds holds his posters for him. And uh, so he's like a couple of rows back or, or people back, and he's like, I'm gonna ask him, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask Mike if he'll stand in the corner to take this picture. And I'm like, don't you fucking get us kicked out of this convention? <laughs> you can't ask him that. There's no way in a million years he's going to do that. Sure enough, both Heather and Mike, they get up. We leave our seats. We go out into some hallway like no one's where everyone's wow. at. And they both go and stand in the corner and Flyboyers does some stupid face <laughs> picture, you know. I'll have to find the picture, but it's hilarious. And it's just like mm-hmm. the coolest thing ever to get him in a standing in the corner <laughs> and is oh it was it, it was and it was like how did this happen how did the fucking fly boy and so that, oh. that was just one of and i it was just a great experience and the only and uh th- photo op you want where you can't see the celebrity's face i know yeah. he was and i thought i was being ballsy when i asked my wife and pj souls to say totally when they got their <laughs> picture taken and she did i was just like that's awesome <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Blair Witch Project, guys. So good. Started it all. What's next, Tad? Unfortunately. Oh. What? what? 
Next, we have uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Last summer, after the crowds left, five strangers returned to the woods to uncover the truth. But one of them has a secret that will unlock the curse. You know, if you don't believe in the Blair Witch, then why the hell did you bother to come? I thought the movie was cool. This fall, just in time for Halloween, the witch is back. On October 27th, forget everything you've heard. Forget everything you've seen. Because this time, the truth is scarier than fiction. A brutal murder in the Black Hills discovered today. In the past year, the Black Hills area has been overrun with movie fans wanting to get a glimpse of where the Blair Witch Project was filmed. Um, a group of tourists arrives at Burkittsville, Maryland after seeing the Blair Witch Project to explore the mythology and phenomenon only to come face to face with their own neuroses and possibly the witch herself. Man, this movie is a product of its time. Um, this is the first time watch for me. It's been on the list forever because I've consistently heard bad things about it. Um, it did not even live up to that expectation. Oof. This movie, I will say this, this was the most, uh, I've laughed at a movie in a long time. Uh, Nikki and I just like howled at this one. This to me, was, uh, at least it was fun we had fun watching it. I'll say that, but, um, at man, its if, expense there, if there's a movie that like defines the style, like a filmmaking, the style, um, of hair and clothes and look of the year 2000, uh, it felt like a Jingo commercial with some with with a owl thrown in. Um, what what a strange direction to go <laughs> with this franchise. Um, I can see why everyone sort of uh, dunks on this. Mike, one, you've been defending this movie since the year two thousand. Why? <laughs> what do you mean why? I'm just uh, you like it. I like it. I had a great time. Good. I had a great time watching it. <laughs> it was a first time watch for me too. I had the same thing as Tad where it's like every single person that I've talked to is like, yeah, just don't watch it. <laughs> just don't watch that movie. So I, I went into it fully expecting for it to be a waste of time, but I don't, I don't think it was. I had, a, I, I had fun watching it. Obviously it was bad, but I mean, I, and I think there's, there's like reasons for that also that I've, you know, after I will say after it, I was almost more curious than I was <laughs> for the original Blair Witch. Like, how did this get made? Like, yeah. that kind of makes sense. But I'm so curious about how that got made. But I see you freaking out over there, Mike. I just, maybe you can at least start by, like, admitting maybe it's everyone's first time. <clears throat> what? Your first time watching Books of Shadows wasn't. It's grown is what I'm seeing. Like, I I, you liked it right out of the gate. No I thought what. I liked it right out Honestly. of the gate. There's okay. a few. All right. There's a few things I have problems with with the movie, and I can get into it if you want. But it's honestly, it's kind of hard to defend something when you're still unsure why there's hatred for it. I don't. Oh. I guess I don't. 
I'm still not understanding why you guys are saying it's bad. Well, there's no Book of Shadows. Oh, yeah, there's, no, there's actual no book. fucking book. What is this? <laughs> or a shadow of one, for that matter. There's lots of shadows. The movie. Not of a book. There's probably some books in there somewhere. Yeah, I did see a book. He's got a point. <laughs> yeah, I'm so not sure there. that guy can read, but... This was... I, uh, Okay, I so thought the, the no no I'm just saying like I thought the idea was cool um but it just execution maybe uh it just like everything I sort of hate about this time in film they, they like the corny alt metal butt rock soundtrack uh oh, the douchebag with awesome. the the douchebag with the goatee who's like really cool and has a cool van uh just yeah man like I don't know just maybe uh that era of films is really tough on me. Did you guys look, I mean, I'm sure somebody here looked into it enough where it was like the director didn't have that like butt rock metal. They had witchcraft by yeah, the opening, uh, the opening credit Sinatra. The opening credits was, um, was a Sinatra supposed to be a Sinatra song, not, um, Marilyn Manson. And then the studio had them like after the, the first shoot, they, they made them shoot, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Donovan going insane and like all that insane asylum stuff and all the like gruesome mm-hmm. murders. They like did all that after the original because they were like, it's not, it's not going to captivate audiences. And so there's supposedly like, there's not a director's cut, but there's like a commentary where the director's like, this should be in it. That shouldn't be in it. This should be in it. Yep. And people have like gone behind the scenes and like redone the, the director's yeah. cut. And they say that it works out. I'll better. see it. I'll check out a fan edit if someone's got one without yeah. that stuff. Cause that's, yeah, that, if there, the, if there is that, I then I totally want to see it too. Because, okay, so here we go. You, you've opened, you've opened up the floodgates for me. Okay. This is directed <laughs> by Joe Berlinger, who, uh, this was the only time he ever made a feature narrative film. He is mostly known as a, um, director of, of, uh, documentaries. Uh, most famously known for doing the Paradise Lost documentary series, uh, and he's probably one of West my favorite. Memphis Three. Yep, mm-hmm. the West yeah. Memphis Three uh, uh, films. Um, one of the more recent ones he did was the one I forget the name of the doc, but the one that's on Netflix about the uh, the girl who um, was found dead in the water tank at that weird hotel that everybody. I fucking love. That's my favorite scary story of all time. Yeah. And that's a great doc. And watching that doc, it totally makes sense to me that it was directed by him because he kind of has this running theme. What's that? I'm sorry. Eliza Lamb. That's, I was just trying to like get the name. Yeah. Uh, He has this running theme with the topics that he picks um, about uh, not judging not judging um, people based on their appearance. And I love that in that, you know, that doc and how the whole thing just twists, you know, cause they start talking about the, uh, the black metal guy and how people were accusing him of doing, of killing that girl. And then just how the movie, the documentary ends. It's like, Nope, she was just, you know, she fell into the tank cause she was drunk or whatever. And it just, I find it really a big hit in the face as far as um, that theme of like, yeah, don't don't always judge a book by its cover. And those themes are in this movie as well. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of the problems with the movie was studio involvement. I 
to me, this is one of the... I've watched the commentary track of this movie than probably most people have watched the movie itself. <laughs> That's how much, I, one, I love this movie, and two, I think it is a... Um, it should be... This, this movie with the commentary track should be shown in film school on... Um, um, or at least maybe maybe it should be shown to people who are getting executive jobs at studios. Like this is the one of the greatest cases of studio involvement ruining a movie because the murders the murder scene um, where they're slaughtering the the people in the ritual. Um, I mean that was Coffin part rock. was that yeah uh, that was supposed to happen, but it was supposed to only show up right there at the end and when things are revealed and not flashes throughout the entire movie that give the fucking movie away uh the studio made those moments happen uh yeah the uh the 2000 um uh, metal music that is throughout is not supposed to be there as well. The sc- the regular <laughs> score itself I really like. I really like I I find that score very it just really I feel like creates a whole sense of dread throughout the whole movie and I love the score to this film. Did the studio like CGI the bad lipstick and eyeshadow on the goth girl too? <laughs> I don't know, she was hot. <laughs> I was uh, into that. I was Kim fully into that. <laughs> Kim director is very very easy on the eyes even even in that get up dude. She is like she's very very pretty. Also, there was a hot second when the when the intro credits were rolling where it said Kim Director, and I was like, why didn't they put the director's last name? <laughs> I was so confused. I, <laughs> I had to look it up. And the thing is, I mean, there's actually, uh, I guess the only one that has like horror pedigree per se in this film is Erica Le- uh, Le- Learson. Because um, after this, she did uh, Wrong Turn 2, and uh, she was Pepper in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the Michael Bay remake. Um, I, I I always love the, the irony of this movie, that it's um, the one movie in the Blair Witch franchise that's not shot as a found footage movie, that's not shot yeah. as a documentary-style film. And they got um, the documentary filmmaker to Yeah, do it. to do it. Uh, <laughs> but there's these great running themes that Joe was really trying to hammer home in this movie. So if you just if you just uh, get past the the two thousandness of it, Tad, um, you pick up on these <laughs> these great these great uh, messages that he's trying to do. Because if you realize any time the stuff that really went on um, is always through the lens of a camera. Uh, and everything that uh, that they think is reality um, is is them is them uh, through the camera lens of the movie. Uh, so it, it has a lot of great uh, commentary in this film about um, about the perception of reality, uh, especially when it comes to what we watch. Um, which I feel is even more relevant now than when he made this movie in the year 2000 because of all these like documentaries that we get or what we have gone through in the past year of like what what is reality um you know what, what is what is reality is it what we watch on TV uh or you know what we read on on social media so um, guys- I think uh the the companion piece of 
the 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 uh, the first movie, The Curse of the Bear Witch. I think it actually helps this film in terms of the story because if you watch, you know, the Rustin Parr part of The Curse of the Blair Witch, he says that the witch is telling him to do these things and it's manipulating his mind. And it's all basically, this movie is just the the witch manipulating them to do, you know, all these awful things. And I think, it, I think The Curse of the Blair Witch actually makes the second film make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the more fun things I think of this movie is the fact that it's it's um, littered with hidden messages and Easter eggs throughout the entire movie. That makes, I think makes the experience um, even better and more fun and almost kind of feels like they're, that they're trying to create a reality of like, you know, what is this movie part of the curse or whatever. But uh, uh, some of them, and there's, there's so much in this movie. I can't, remember them all or recite them all or even find them all. I mean, I've watched this movie so many times and a lot of times I'll watch it just so I can uh, try tell to tell us a few. I'm I'm getting there. So one, when they go to the cemetery to pick up Kim, you know, the, the goth girl um, and she's laying on the grave. Uh, when they first approach her, uh, there's one name on the tombstone. And then when it switches cameras uh, and it goes back to her, the name is, it's a different name on the tombstone. And the name now on the tombstone is, um, I think you say it, Tracel? Tracel? T R E A C L E, which mm-hmm. is the name of the, the last name of one of the children victims um, of Rustin Parr. Uh, when they're leaving the cemetery, it cuts to a wide shot and you see a tombstone that's not in this shape at all. But its shadow, its shadow is in the shape of a Blair Witch stick figure. There are stick figures throughout this whole movie hidden in plain sight. Uh, one when the dream sequence, when the woman is drowning the baby in the water, there is a shadow of a stick figure in the water. Um, some of the other, one of my favorite things is the guy working on the cooler at the convenience store is is actually Rustin Parr. Uh, and so the first time you see him and he's laying there on the ground working on the cooler, he's got a set of tools laying next to him and it's in the shape of a stick figure. The second time you see him when um, the goth girl goes to buy beer, um, he's laying there on the floor and he stands up and he says, I'm finished, which is what Rustin Parr said uh, when he walked back into town after killing the children that he kidnapped. Um, there are words uh, throughout all this, throughout this movie, intentionally, not like you know, seeing the word sex in the leaves in Lion King, um, like the campfire scene, uh, the word sea appears in the flames, uh, the word or is seen in the pattern of the rug when Erica mm-hmm. is doing her Wiccan ritual. Um, so there's so much of this that stuff throughout this movie. <clears throat> Those words actually and, spell out a full sentence. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the secret of I think it was like reverse, which which I think was like them trying to do their viral video marketing thing in the same oh, way where yeah. they like hid like a so it's like you would like find these words in the movie and then like put them in the correct order and it has like the spooky phrase. Mm-hmm. Drink your Ovaltine. 
Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I really that that really stood out to me is did you guys notice the runes and the curse of the thorn all over this damn movie? Oh yeah. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, so it's just like I kinda like this wanna believe that, you know, Dr. Wynn and uh, Ellie Kedward are like of the same pagan religion, you know, that they exist in the same kind of universe. The uh, sheriff or cop or whatever that's interrogating him, that pouring it on thick, you boys a murder. I love love that guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he plays Big Al in Blood In, Blood Out, which is, yeah. But they use the same name as the one in The Curse Cravens. Cravens. Yeah, that was cool. You don't want to end up back in the loony bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else, Mike. Um, another thing that the studio did, um, when she's in when when she's in the hospital bed and she sees the ghost girl and the ghost girl disappears, um, it's it, the director originally just wanted to cut away and then cut back in the in the the child was gone instead of doing um, a digital effect where the ghost disappears again. It's because he, he really didn't want to come right out and say all this ghosty shit. He, uh, it was really all just about um, what our eyes per- perceive and what we believe is real and what's not real. And so uh, and some of that message gets lost with what the uh, studio made him change. But that again, that's just at the end of the day, uh, the ending is dark and bleak. And I just, again, I like the score. I thought it was also really well shot. I love a lot of the camera work in it. Um, and so, yeah, I like this movie. I don't care what you say. Other than the Nickelback song, I love every <laughs> band and song that's on the soundtrack. It's phenomenal. They even have At the Drive-In on there. Anyway. Yeah, what well, was really weird, yeah, at the very end of the credits, very, they have At the Drive-In. I'm like, what the fuck is this? For 15 seconds, but... Yeah. But no, all the songs. Anyway, sorry. I'll admit it. I was confused watching it because um, I, I sort of went into it knowing um, that it had a, a bad reputation and, yeah. because obviously it's hard to live up to the first one. I mean, yeah. really, they shouldn't have done a sequel in general, but... Um, that and and I've heard for years, you know, the goth chick is hot, and I was like, "Is it? Are you guys talking about the goth chick or the uh, the witch, like the redheaded witch?" Uh, the wicked, the wiccan, because I like, I thought the wiccan was much more attractive than the, the both. I was in love with both of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. No, I'm I'm with Bill here. <laughs> and Tristan wasn't bad looking either. It was definitely a sexier movie overall for like whatever good <laughs> or bad that brings to it. They like they're like this time, no more snot. We're going sexy. <laughs> you don't find <laughs> snot bubbles sexy. <laughs> it like sort of stepped out of the grunge era into the like new metal era. It's it's yeah. of its time for sure. Yeah. Mm. I guess I just like new metal. Uh, I thought I thought the like the Blair Witch uh, at the end wearing Jinkos was a little much, but you know. Oh, <laughs> when she skateboarded by and was like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> uh, I guess I still have to continue to uh, defend defend this movie. <laughs> at the- 
I, I know Brian Clark's like gonna sh- Brian I Clark's like gonna it. shit all over me. It's okay. Yes, he is. Like, yes. I, I, I like get him, Brian. Get him, Brian. I like this movie. I'm 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 with you, Mike. I I Thank like you. it. I'll probably end up watching it again. <laughs> I really feel like love it or hate it. It's worth multiple viewings because even if you just sit there and spend the time trying to find all the Easter eggs, that to me is a good time. I guess I'm uh, just a sucker it, for that shit. I think we'll probably watch it again some night when we we want like we genuinely like laughed our asses off watching this. So uh It was you know. the ghost girl walking backwards. <laughs> I laughed out loud during that and I couldn't help it. I was so I was locked in except for that like that scene and when she slowly drove the van into a tree. <laughs> oh yeah, that was or like oh, the, and the stuffed the stuffed <laughs> owl that is thrown through a window is really yeah. funny. And I grab them and I hold them and I say, I know. And they say, I know. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. All right, Andy, what's the what's the next movie in the franchise? Um, uh, our third movie in the franchise comes from the early 80s, and it's called Sledgehammer. No. no! Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I quit. I'm done. <laughs> um, it is simply titled Blair Witch 2016, directed by Adam Wingard. What is that? The guy who uploaded this video said it was from a tape he found in the Black Hills woods. I think that might be my sister. You really think your sister could still be out there after all these years? If there is any chance that I could find out what happened to her, I need to try. Legend said there's been a curse on these woods. Do you believe in the stories about the Blair Witch? in a circle. No way. They're everywhere. Who could have done this? You did this. Oh my God. This way, come on. Okay, that trailer ended about six times. Um, Okay. After unearthing a DV tape containing intriguing raw footage in Burkittsville's Black Hills Forest, Lane and Talia upload the video onto YouTube. Then James stumbles upon the video and, believing that he saw an image of his missing sister, Heather, who disappeared in 1994, in the same woods while investigating the legend of the Blair Witch. 
He assembles a team of friends in search of answers. Convinced that she is still alive, he heads into the gloomy forest accompanied by his friend Peter, Peter's girlfriend Ashley, the film student Lisa, and the pair of uploaders, only to go astray in the heart of a green maze. Now more and more as James and his team find themselves trapped in the epicenter of the evil activity, the blood-curdling legend of the wicked sorceress seems real. Can they escape the wrath from the demonic Blair Witch? Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of the same things. I mean, it's of, of the first movie, um, but obviously there's, there's more at stake because, uh, James Donahue, well, the, not the real one, but, uh, he's looking for his sister, Heather, um, a lot of tips of the cap, uh, to the previous movies. If you've noticed that they're drinking Johnny Walker scotch in the, uh, hotel room, it's the same, same brand as the, that they were drinking in the first Blair Witch. You also have the dog alarm, uh, that Lane has on his apartment, uh, similar to the one Jeff has on his, uh, I think it was that a broom factory he was living in the second one? <laughs> um, was. Uh, which was which was sounds so cool great shit, on paper, <laughs> right? Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, they're 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 a little bit more high tech in this one, obviously, you know, with the drone. But as you know, would have it all the paranormal stuff that they encounter, it does not make any difference at all. Um, lot lot of the same. A lot of the same things happen in the first one. They get lost. They cannot. Uh, they cannot get out. Uh, it takes a lot to kind of make me get nauseous when I th- see things in films. But when that shit started oozing out of her leg, mm, yeah, I about lost it. It was so freaking disgusting. I forgot all about because I own this movie and I hadn't watched it in a few years. And I'm just I'm upstairs like you know almost dry heaving. Um. Uh, I know that when she goes up, I, I I had to laugh at this part because I know when she goes up, first of all, she could barely walk. And then now she's going to climb a tree to get a drone. And basically, this is the most convenient growing tree I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Because it's got like, you know, it's basically this tree becomes like a little, you know, ladder on each side. Trees, trees do not grow that way. But uh, I'll forgive that. I'm along for the ride. And the fact that he's actually thinking his sister is alive out here, you know, that seems just a little far-fetched, but whatever. Um, very well, very well shot. Very, you know, I mean, it's it's well made and everything. It's, you know, uh, the one thing that I did like is that you did not get a very good, distinct look at the witch or whatever it was that was out there, you know, grabbing them. Unless you pause uh, the screen a hundred times like I did. Yeah, yeah, uh, because, um, but I'm glad I didn't, because I think it, it, if you got like a really, really good look, it would almost ruin the mystique about the whole thing. Um, plus, I mean, it would ruin, you know, you're, you know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to look at, uh, at the witch, you know, otherwise it won't, won't hurt you. It's like the same concept of, you know, rust and par, you know, and then of course you have Peter, you know, in the corner of this, of this house as well. And the house is scary as, is spooky oh, as hell. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, they did a lot of things, a lot of things right in this. I I think it's uh, it's a very good sequel. Um, I think um, that's pretty much all I all I gotta say. Uh, oh, and it's also I I like the fact that it does the witch is still messing with you know with people's minds because James at the end you know you he thinks he hears his sister's voice again. You know, Heather, is that really you? And then he turns around, of course, you know, the witch kills him. Um, so basically, they're, I think they're using probably the best elements of the first two movies and, you know, and just making them, you know, making it. And you know, bringing new stuff, too. Yes, with exactly. The, with the time issues. and Yeah. So cool. that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was good revisiting it. I love this movie. Yeah, I'm so into this movie. Uh, it kind of it it might help that I watched it. It came out on my birthday, <laughs> so I had just moved to Atlanta and I like hadn't met any friends or anything. So I like just went to go see this movie on my birthday with uh, one of my friends, like the one person I moved down here with, and so it's kind of remained special. Uh, no, but I it it really fits in my favorite genre of movie, which is. Uh, favorite genre of horror, I guess, in general, which is where the environment is what's against you. And I'm not talking like blizzards going to kill you. I'm talking like hallways are moving. You know, the forest is wrapping around itself. And there's like it's like the the villain is the environment that you're in at, at the same time, especially especially when they mess with time. I'm mm-hmm. talking like uh, grave encounters. Yeah, I saw that where they get like <laughs> they get like all looped around in the like asylum. I think it was. Man, that stuff, House of Leaves, the book, stuff like that really gets me going. And it's so interesting. And I think they did it well, especially that scene where Lane and Talia come back right. and they're like, yeah, they're like, it's been like five dates. And it's like, oh, what? Lord. Yeah, it's totally all, they're done. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. God, I love it so much. I'm glad. Yeah, I too love this movie. Um, I don't understand why there's oh. hatred for it. Like people, I felt like people hated part two because it strayed from the first one. So this one, (laughs) so those people aren't allowed to hate this. Exactly. (laughs) Right. This is what you wanted in the first place. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really good. It's great. Um, each, each film has a different approach to it, even though this one goes back to the found footage aspect of things. It's definitely more, you know, it's definitely more of a movie in the respect of, you know, it wasn't as improv as the first film. There's obviously a script. There's obviously um, digital effects going on, um, practical effects going on. Um, I mean, I I used to think I hated found footage movies, but I've realized over the past <laughs> several years that I love found footage movies. And yeah. uh, this one's definitely no exception. I think they do a really good job with it, sticking true to the original lore while yeah. also – um, adding to it. And I'm so glad you brought up Grave Encounters because <laughs> every time I've ever watched this movie, um, when, when we realize that, you know, time is all wacky in this, in this film, I always think of Grave Encounters. Okay. I, I still personally think Grave Encounters does it better as far as mm-hmm. creating fear and tension because, and I think that's just based on environment, right? Cause, Okay, so they're trapped in the woods, but there's still, you know, you still have some light sources. You still, 
you know, have food sources if you're desperate. But the thing that creeps me out about the whole timey wimey thing in um, Grave Encounters is they're <laughs> they're trapped in a they are trapped in a building with what if you're lucky to find a rat to eat mm-hmm. um, in perpetual darkness, you know, all times. And so that's what disturbs me more about Grave Encounters. But um, I'm glad they they did a little descent moment because one thing that'll oh. always um, freak me out in a movie Jeez. is anything anything dealing with tight spaces and when yep, she's crawling fuck through. That. Yeah, how do you right? not put to, yourself in that? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, damn yeah, I forgot all about that. So that that movie, you know, when a movie can put me on edge like that and you know really give me goosebumps. Uh, uh, bravo and any you know easy way to do that is to put somebody in a crawling through a tight spot like that <laughs> <clears throat> i fucking love this movie and it gets better every time i watch it i think it's just i, do so, have I think one complaint oh no yeah how did you guys feel i think the one thing that i got out of the theater and it was it was the day that i saw it i got out of the theater and i remember i raised this point with a friend I was very frustrated that Lisa, at the end, after just hearing, is it James, I think, is the other person, after just hearing him, like, fall prey to thinking his sister was talking (laughs) to him and turn around, she did the exact same thing, not but, like, ten seconds later. And that was very frustrating for me. Sure. Mm -hmm. She had already figured out, so she had, like, worked it through where she could open up the camera and like walk backwards and see the thing without looking at it. And I remember in theaters, I was like, Oh shit, she's going to like do it. She's going to be like Ripley and she's going to get out of this <laughs> by being like smart. I, I think it would have been, even if she didn't live, I wanted to see her like think her way through at least part of it and maybe like die right outside. Cause if you notice the tree yeah. outside was the lightning tree where they had found her tape in the first place. Mm-hmm. but they I don't know she died like in the house I guess I sorry saw I also it. cut you off I, no I I hear what you're saying and I felt that I just I guess I took it more as not a failure of hers that she forgot it was more of a success for the witch of being mm-hmm. that convincing and just having her where she wanted them and at a vulnerable spot right and, and yeah I kind of dug the fact how Ashley fell down the you know tree, just total plinko style. Oh, prices, yeah. right? And <laughs> then Lord. like like the moment she hit the ground, she's like instantaneously drug away. You know, I was just like, there was yeah, no cool like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, what I remember about this is that uh, there it had had a few screenings or um, was being talked about, and it was called The Woods. Mm-hmm. And it was like Adam Wingard has this new movie with Simon Barrett. It's called The Woods. Uh, it's it's supposed to be really creepy. It's getting all kinds of buzz. It was playing at some film festivals. And uh, somehow, you know, eventually it got revealed that, oh, shit, it's a Blair Witch sequel. Um, it's right. interesting because it comes from that era, this like little tiny window where we were doing like and, and sort of still doing it, where it's like a mixture of a remake, but it also serves as a sequel where there's so many similar elements like the thing, which was a prequel to the thing, um, Blair Witch. I know the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, why couldn't they just call it Part Three? Right, <laughs> but it, it feels, but it, yeah. it's like, it, but it's the It's you could watch this standalone, and I, I would sure. in, in my mind when I'm watching it, I'm like, I hope there's some like 
teenagers that are 14 like i was when i saw the first one watching this and they, they don't even know you know sure. about the the lore of blair witch movies they're just watching this and they're like this is cool as shit but then again we've talked about it endlessly on this episode um you know being uh sort of overexposed to things now um with the flood of found footage movies uh that we had uh before this there was this you know with paranormal activity came a huge wave of found footage stuff and you know it's sort of you know it doesn't have quite the same effect but this is really cool like uh to have you know adam wingard has such a crazy sort of all over the place uh filmography and this is one i feel like gets forgotten about a lot um it came and went really quick it didn't have the uh big boom that obviously the original did i feel like uh they were trying to restart this franchise um you know because that's obviously when the first one came out, it was a huge thing. And, uh, but I, I just sort of just wish it would have latched on, not necessarily for more movies, but you yeah. know, just more stuff, more, like more hype behind it. Cause it, like, I felt like it came in with a lot of hype and then it sort of people realized what it was and they're like, it's the same movie as the first one. But oh. like Mike said, you know, people damned if you do and damned if you don't, <laughs> I, th- I think it's different enough. Um, It's a little, I I do miss the improv. Like it's just, it's not as convincing because it's a little too clean. Yeah. It's too clean. And, and I think that's just because of our times. Like now you can film in 8k on a phone. Uh, so things are going to look crystal clear. And so it's just not as, uh, scary maybe, but they do a really good job in this, but again, they almost make it too good. Like it almost, and, and I don't know what you do in that situation. Cause you know, that's just how our tech technology, even when this was made uh, in 2016, like the technology was much better. So things are going to look nicer. Well, I feel a- like as far as it looking too polished, uh, I'm okay with that because I mean, what makes the first movie work in it's is that the fact that they were trying to convince the world that this was real. There's no way you're going to make another Blair Witch movie and try to convince <laughs> the world that it's real. It's, you know, yeah. especially even if it was even if it was still just called The Woods, you're not going to be able to make a movie that's going to get th- released theatrically um with with commercials on TV or whatever and try to convince the re- world that you're watching something that's real it's not going to it's not going to happen so um the fact that it's a more polished movie it, because what if I, what I came to terms with going from somebody who used to hate found footage to somebody who loves all found footage is the fact that it, when it's used as as a story device and not as you know a crutch and I'm okay with it looking polished because it's just used as a story device. It's not trying to do be anything more than what it is. Did you listen to the commentary track? Isn't that something that's supposed to be like Wingard and Simon Barrett like uh, airing their some dirty laundry? Yeah, I have listened to the commentary track. Gosh, I honestly I don't remember. It's okay. been so long. I listened I to it that. once. I think, but I think you're I right. We listened, to but at the same time, like I feel like hmm. I don't know, uh, I don't know, because yeah, I I thought I remembered too listening to it is that they were doing the commentary before the movie even came out, so the hatred hadn't hit yet. But yeah, there was something about the commentary. I don't know, I don't remember. Uh, I definitely wanted to uh, def- 
uh, defend the camera work in this movie. I know uh, shaky cam footage is some people love it, some people hate it, and I'll happily admit, especially after watching the original and this one, that that first one is, there's some rough fucking moments when it comes to that shaky camera. Like, it's, yeah, there's some bad stuff. But I thought... For shaky camera, this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, when they're in that house, the way that that, like, it's clear that the cameraman's got the flashlight because it's just, if you watch it, it's so fucking fast and on point how the light will move to the right and that camera follows it. Not perfectly, so it's not attached to the camera. But the, that light moves independent than the camera, and it's fucking zipping around. Check that door. Check that door. Door handle upstairs. What's on the floor? When like you the know? footsteps ran across the ceiling, yeah. and the flashlight like tracked them across the ceiling. Like, that was rad. It was fucking tight. While I mean, it was so it was like had to be hard as hell to choreograph. I mean, it just it wasn't just a shaky camera. There was some skill, skill, skill involved. In this one, I thought I could tell. I was a little bu- the there's some blocking issues where I feel like every character for some reason came into frame from the side at 100 miles an hour, two inches away from the camera. Like every character entrance was blocked so that they would just appear directly in front of the camera, which was obviously for jump scares. But after yeah. a while, I was like, <laughs> "What? Just stand like three feet away from right. each other. You guys will be good." <laughs> Yeah, as much as I love this franchise, as much as I truly love each and every film in the franchise, I can probably honestly say that uh, making this a franchise is probably a mistake. They had to. They made too much money. <laughs> they couldn't not make a sequel, and then it was hey, dude, over. Like, I'm, there's going to be more. Just I, I, because. Dude, I'm telling you. I know. I will go. I'll be the first in line theater for Blair Witch you know, 24. I'm, I'm the blariest witch. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, uh, and would the originals box office be bigger today if they never made a sequel? I think so. So maybe it was a mistake, but I don't know. You're just just, made. You're never, it's just, there's always, no matter what they try to do with this franchise, there's always going to be the hatred is going to outweigh the love. Because it's so popular. The video game was well-received. Was it this good? Is I true. Know this is true. This is true. The video game was awesome. It was the, the video game wasn't amazing until you like got to the house. And just walking through the front door into the house was like my stomach like churned. <laughs> it was like, oh, now I have to do it. Oh, oh no. That's yeah. cool. So I hope they keep adding stuff like that. I'm, I'm down for like, I'll watch another movie. The world any, is neat. Anything. Yeah. Did you guys have you guys heard of a movie called The Burkittsville Seven? It's from the year oh. two thousand. What is this? I don't know. I found it. Uh, well, Brandy and I found it on uh, IMDb when we were doing research over the weekend for these movies. Um, the guy who plays Rustin Parr in the original Curse of the Blair Witch is also oh. credited as Rustin Parr in this. So I gotta find out, figure out what the, the heck this film. is. Mm-hmm. It, mm. I think it was like forty some minutes. I don't know. 
What what it? I don't know what it is. I don't know. It looks like maybe it's a another doc. Maybe the, did they make another like fake documentary in the theme of Curse of when the when uh, when Blair Witch Two came out? I don't know because it's the same year, right? It's Blair Blair Witch Two, two thousand year two thousand two thousand. Boy, it's hard to believe they'd really try it again. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but from what I've read, it looks like it's far more focused on the Rustin Parr aspect of the of the lore than Neat. anything else. So, I know there's some really good fan films out there <laughs> on the Instagram hey. and things, YouTube's. What's yours called again? How do they find it? Oh shoot! No? I think I sent Tad. It's kind of hard because oh, okay, like I sent Tad a link, but it's like, yo, add me as a friend on Instagram, kind of thing. I don't know. I guess if you followed me on Instagram, you'd be able to see it. Yeah, I was gonna say I shared it to Andy and Jason on Instagram, so I think you should be able oh, to just go to your his I account. Think you check and, that out. Yeah, I I know that. I was just how we, the listeners could. I mean, I could at I God can of get Hugs. It. I can hit up it. that Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Or throw up a link or whatever. But yeah. Well, cool. It looks like we ran out of movies to talk about. But don't worry. We do have more show to come. When we come back from the break, it'll be time for segments here on the show. Yeah, but before we get to that, before we get to segments, um, we're going to hear a promo about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. There is now 26 shows Woo! on the network, including the newest show on the PFPN, Rude Horror Podcast which is a Midwest horror podcast discussing everything horror with movie reviews, play-by-plays, interviews, genre discussions, and so much more. So check them out and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, and as they say in show business, the show must go on. Here's Jason with shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 All right, on this episode of Shout-outs, we ask the question, what are your favorite moments from the Blair Witch franchise and or any personal stories tied to the series? Up first on our Facebook page, we have our pal Vito Marchese. Oh yeah, the geeking poetic guys. He says, I am obsessed with the found footage genre and I do not like the original Blair Witch Project. I actually prefer the Book of Shadows film. Yeah. Even though it's, <laughs> even though it's not found footage. I can watch that movie anytime, anywhere, the 2016 Blair Witch I thought was pretty cool. There's a really effective claustrophobic scene at the end. Oh, yeah, there is. Um, yes. Up next, we got Tim Lennerer. He says, the main thing that stuck with me two decades on is the way that 
Lionsgate expertly used the early days of the internet for marketing this movie. I knew multiple people who saw little clips of it online without understanding that it was a fiction film, and and the marketing team turning a tiny budget horror flick into a must-see cultural event. I was a reasonably early adopter to the idea that this is a Lovecraftian film, too. Scholars who go in search of the unknown find it, are destroyed by it, and leave evidence of that destruction. The geometry being wrong when they travel in the same direction all day and wind up back where they started. I mean, an alternate title of the movie could as well could have well has as been film cans found in a deserted house. Right, the Blair Witch has got him. <laughs> <laughs> Youch. Okay, up next, Donna Nally says, I wholly enjoy Book of Shadows over Blair Witch Project. <laughs> so can you pay these shadows? No, Is that what's I, happening? You might think. <laughs> He says, the impressiveness of its advertising campaign is really all that the film has going for it since it's just a bunch of dipshits walking lazily through the woods for 90 minutes. I remember waiting for a big shocking ending as that was leaked. It, it was. It had had one before I got to, uh, got to see it and then being so unimpressed with it, I was actually taken aback when the credits rolled as I thought I had missed it, rewound it a few times and still didn't get the big deal. It took me years later on a message board to finally figure out what the point of the ending was and it was so underwhelming, I simply typed in lame as the sole response to actually figuring it out. Book of Shadows is fun, actually has something going on, and has a pretty unique story, which I really like and find quite enjoyable, as I'm a big sucker for dark flashback revelations that explain things while like what it does here. As I explained on the Wingard show, haven't seen the reboot yet, but it's on the list. Oh. I When I read Don's comment, uh, I think before I watched uh, Book of Shadows, and I kind of went the other way. I all that flashback shit kind of got to me. I was like, I don't know if it made me see it more because of his comment or what, but I was like, man, I don't know if I like this form of storytelling. Anyway, up next we got Mike Murphy with maybe the worst comment so far. <laughs> he says three <laughs> words: the end credits. Okay, so Mike Murphy. Badass booze body count does not like the Blair Witch. All right. <laughs> All right. Over on our Facebook group edition, here comes Brian Clark. Here we go. Here he we says, go. Here we go. My favorite moment was the one where Mike and I are the only people on the planet who <laughs> like Book of Shadows. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, and then Brett Royer, Brett from Brett and Tony with Ashley Nabe says, What? Other people like Blair Witch 2 besides just me? Oh, God. Oh, look. What's I was, happening? I actually... Uh, Something's th wrong here. This is a weird <laughs> shout-out. I was, I was telling those guys that uh, we were talking about a Book of Shadows, and I was just... Uh, I knew that that was Brett's comment, so I was like, Brett, I'm so sorry for what you're going to hear in a week. Uh, Mike did his best to defend it, but Tad was ruthless, and he said, boo to Tad. Said, he says, I won't tell him then that when I was younger, I preferred the second over the first. 
Oh, that's the that, third comment. That was a secret shout out, so don't tell anyone that he's. I wasn't supposed to tell anyone <laughs> that, but anyway, yeah, huh? Hmm. Right? Rod Hutchison, attacker. Rod says, "Add another to the list." Oh shit! Woo! Book of Shadows, love coming up. I think you're gonna have and, to rethink things. And there's now. Brian Clark. He says, "I'm digging all the Book of Shadows, love." We should start a support group. <laughs> you need it. You need a support group. <laughs> oh, and Rod says, "Thanks for bringing it up. I'm now watching it." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. We have, got- you, have you heard of those podcasts that do like each episode is like a minute of a movie? Yeah. Minute by minute podcasts. Let's do one about book channels. <laughs> you and Brian have a good time on that one. That would be great. I would. Would Tad listen though? That's. Or Tad, he'd want him there so he could. Tad, Tad has to be on. Break it down. Tad's the skeptic. <laughs> Shot. What do you think he's on this one? All right, moving on. We got <laughs> Hellberg Sam says, I was under 17 when the movie came out, so I was going to see it with my brother and his friends. Well, at this point in time, our theater required a parent to go into the movie with you. That sucks. I call my dad from the theater upset, so he comes out pissed off. He said two tickets, threw his money down on the counter, and just walked out of the theater. They didn't say anything as I walked in with my two tickets for one person and joined my brother and his friends. Love this movie, and I still remember looking around the theater and just seeing everyone with their hand up by their mouth or face. It was a great theater experience, although I'm not sure my dad would agree. <laughs> and then lastly, Rod's back. He says, my favorite part is in Book of Shadows. Blair Witch Go 2. away, Rod. Uh, hey. <laughs> So is that the beginning when Jeff is talking about how his fellow believers will come up to him and hug him? Then it goes into him having been in a mental institution. That's his favorite part. That's where you all belong for what? Like in this. Hey, gosh. That's how, we, that's how all of us Blair Witch 2 friends are going to be greeting each other now. It's like, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know your troubles. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, we didn't have anything on Instagram or Twitter, um, but you can still call in, leave us a voicemail, and we'll play that on the show for your comment. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. I'm going to call and leave like a dozen messages under different voices being like, no, Book of Shadows is awful. Do it, there please. wasn't even a book in that, in that movie. <laughs> Every fucking comment. <laughs> All the tads come around and they say nay. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, thanks for shout outs there, Jason. You bet, Mike. Now it is time once again for recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. 
We're bad talent and bad movies, lock crotches and swap gravy. <laughs> Unfortunately, you as a listener have to be subject subjected to the bastard child it creates. Slowly germinating in your ear canal, heading to your brain and insulting your intelligence. Sound fun? Well, let's get going. It's Cinorama this week, as we will be performing small scenes from two different films. As usual, I believe in introducing the movie and the readers from each film. Starting off, we'll be reading from a slasher classic, Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter. Reading for the part of our fake computer-owning computer goof, Ted, is our favorite cartoon moose, Bullwinkle. Welcome back, Bullsy. Why, thank you, Christian. I did some research on this character, and fans believe he's actually a virgin. Christian, if I may ask, what's a virgin? Jesus. It means you were perfectly fucking cast. <laughs> Why, thank you. Wasn't a compliment. Pay playing the role of lovelorn Jimmy is our resident son of a bitch, Don Knotts. How you doing, Donnie? Lovelorn? Shit! You know how much ass I used to pull back in my day? I had poon lines up in, from, in advance. I We got a lot of ground to cover another time, Donnie. Scene 7, page 18, exterior, highway, day. A wood-paneled station wagon cruises down the highway surrounded by trees on each side. A silly song emanates from the vehicle as it passes by. Interior, car, moving, day. Weekend warriors Doug, Samantha, Sarah, and Paul continue to sing as the car proceeds down the road. In the far back of the station wagon sits Ted and Jimmy. Ted, early 20s, is a short, overconfident, with a shit-eating grin. Sunglasses are perched on his nose. Jimmy, tall and lanky, is flustered as he runs his hands through his, his mop-like hairdo. <clears throat> You broke up with BJ Betty? So to speak. Would you lighten up on her? She's all right. Ted scoffs and takes off his shades. Yeah, I'll say she's all right. You should have treated her right. I mean, a girl like her wanted to be treated right. I did, I did. I treated her right. I treated her right. That's what's driving me crazy. Slater, this guy's a pussy. Stick to the script, Donnie. I mean, first I would call her and she would take my calls. But then she would have something she had to do. But then she wouldn't even take my calls. I mean, can you figure that? What the fuck happened? Let me put it in the old computer. Ted rubs his hands together and begins to fake type on the on the top of a beer box in front of him. No, I'm serious about this. Hey, let the, the computer don't lie. Ted looks at the fake screen for a moment, puts his hand over his face and starts to laugh. Jimmy is curious. What? It says, um... <laughs> It says you're a dead fuck. What? A dead fuck? A lousy lay, you know? A dead pecker. 
Oh, I see. Don't hold back from me, Doc. Give it to me straight. I did not say it. The computer did. Ted motions to the beer box, the fake computer. <clears throat> yeah, well, there is no computer. Aha, uh -huh, and there's no Betty either. Jimmy considers this for a moment. Then I'm a dead fuck? Like I said, the computer don't lie. Flustered, Jimmy rubs his face and runs his fingers through his hair. God, I'm horny. <laughs> and scene. Our next film we're going to attempt to we're going to attempt to ruin comes from 1999, a Schwarzenegger project entitled End of Days. Donnie and Bullwinkle will be playing double duty as he will be reading as Donnie will be reading the part of Jericho Kane, since his physique is so close to Arnie's. Oh, I'm just pissing my pants over here. You're so funny. <laughs> Playing the role of Satan himself is Bullwinkle. I don't think I can do this. Just think of your own worst enemy. You mean that sawed-off commie and that skank that's trying to kill me? The fact that you just said that shows me that you're able. All right, end of days. Let's get down. Scene 14, page 75. Interior, Jericho's apartment, night. Jericho trudges through his apartment, weary and tired. He, stops, he steps towards the counter, grabs a whiskey bottle, and sips. It gets easier when you accept who you are. Jericho spins around and points his pistol at a man, presumably possessed by Satan. He calmly leans against a windowsill. A fallen soul. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Jericho begins to search his apartment, gun still drawn on the man. Doors locked. No windows broken. How did I get in? Who the fuck are you? Oh, I think you know who I am. You just don't want to believe it. The man steps away and begins fishing through multiple medications on Jericho's counter. I took a, I took a bullet for you. I protected you. No, no, no. You didn't protect me. You just protected this body. I am... Am I getting a pattern here? The man begins showing Jericho the prescriptions. So much pain not to be taking with alcohol. Remember that. The man crosses the room and goes to the fireplace mantle and observes some photos. Jericho tracks him with his gun. Pardon me for a second. He's a fucking water. <clears throat> Oh, to lose a wife and a child, I can't even imagine what that must be like. The man tosses the photo to the floor. What do you want? To make you happy again. Jericho steps towards the man when suddenly the room morphs into a scene from Jericho's past. Christmas music in a tree. Jericho hears the giggle of a child and sees his young daughter playing in the bathtub. Amy? A woman crosses the hallway and asks her to get out of the tub before she turns into a prune. Am 
family. Mother and daughter talk about how daddy works too much. I can give it all back to you. Everything he took away. The man approaches Jericho as he looks upon his wife and daughter. Everything. You can hold your wife again. You can watch your daughter walk through the door in her prom dress. All you have to do is tell me where the girl is. Come on. She's a nobody to you. You don't even know her. You think you're saving her? She wants to be with me. You told me you'd do anything to get your family back. You want them? This is your chance. They're not real. Does it matter? Oh, yes. I think you need to be reminded how painful reality is. Suddenly... Armed men kick in the door. Jericho shoots at him to no avail. He charges at one, leaps right through him. The armed men grab Amy and Emily and drag them to the bedroom. Shotgun blasts ring out. Jericho charges through the bedroom door. The man, ca the man casually saunters behind him. Jericho rushes. No! <laughs> Jericho looks upon the dead bodies of his wife and child, horrified. It wasn't your fault! I wasn't there! You were doing your job! I wasn't fucking there! Oh, look at you, torn apart by guilt! You didn't do anything wrong, you were an honest cop! You didn't take away, you didn't take money! You had to testify against the men even after they threatened your family. And where was God? He could have stopped it, but he fucked you. Then he made you feel guilty. Me? I don't do guilt. I don't do this either. I can make it like it never happened. Oh, for the price of a stranger's address. Jericho is enraged, heaving, heaving heavy at a mirror in front of him. He punches it with all his might and it shatters. No! Jericho spins around and the room morphs back to normal. You will never see the girl! The man sighs and shakes his head, irritated. Now you see, now you're upsetting me. You don't want to see me upset. Believe me. Oh, you wanna fuck with me? You think you're no bad, huh? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me! A fucking choir boy! You're in touch with your anger! I like that! I don't know about you, but I'm gonna have a drink. With that said, I think we all need a drink. Because, <laughs> folks, it's not the end of days, nor is it the final chapter. Here at the recasting with Christian Slater. If it's not reason enough to drink, I don't know what is. Until next time. As we continue to travel around the world and search for filmmakers that make films that are insane's picks, we come to Germany, where during the late 80s through the 90s, several in independent filmmakers frustrated with the censorship laws of Germany, set out to make the most gory, disturbing, vile, and dis bizarre films ever made, uh, all on a shoestring budget. 
For this Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct my favorite of those revolutionary cinema craftsmen, Olaf Ittenbach. Olaf. Olaf Ittenbach is a filmmaker mostly known nowadays for his work in special effects. Uh, He was born in 1969 in Germany. He made his first film in 1989 called Black Past. Olaf wrote, directed, stars, and did the special makeup effects for this one hour and 25 minute feature shot on VHS about a guy who finds a cursed mirror and a diary in an attic of his new home. The mirror starts giving the guy disturbing and gory visions. Black Past was banned in his homeland of Germany, and he was accused of glorifying violence. His next film was the classic Burning Moon in 1992, also low budget and also extremely gory. The Burning Moon is an anthology film that follows two stories, one about a serial killer on a blind date, and the other is about a story is the story about a priest and his descent into hell. The hell scenes are totally gruesome and worth the price of admission. Burning Moon was followed by my personal favorite, uh, Premutos, in 1997. Premutos is one of the first of Ittenbach's films to be released in the States back in the day on the Shako-Rama DVD label. Shako-Rama was mostly known for their quickie horror films and softcore parodies like The Erotic Witch Project, <clears throat> released the, they ended up releasing two of these German extreme gore films, Primutos and Zombie Doom, aka Violent Shit Part 3. Honestly, though, uh, these releases are not very good. Each were given English dubs that seemed like they were recorded in a closet with a microphone on the outside of the door by eighth graders who didn't know German, so they just made up dialogue as they went along. Olaf made a total of 19 films throughout his years with other such titles as Legion of the Dead in 2001, Evil Rising in 2002, Beyond the Limits in 2003, and Garden of Love in 2003 as well. Beyond writing, directing, and doing the special effects for his own films, he has established himself as a well-respected makeup effects artist working on such films as Mutation 2, Seed, Blood Raven, and Terror Creek. Olaf Entenbach gets a spot in the Saints Picks Hall of Fame for not only his mark in German horror cinema, but in his leadership of filmmakers and film fans who had enough of censorship in their own country. He has a special place in my heart for his sick and twisted imagination and his ambition to push blood and guts to the limits mm-hmm. on a very limited budget. Olaf Ittenbach, we induct you into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank our very special guest, Bill Wright. Bill! Thank you. Fun to be here. It was yeah. awesome. Good. I'm glad you had a good time. It was definitely definitely awesome getting to meet you, and I definitely hope you had as much fun as we all did. Um, yeah, tell everyone where they can follow you on the internet. Yep. Absolutely. Let's just do gotta hugs on Instagram. That's where I'm, I'll probably put another, honestly, I had a lot of fun last Halloween. I think I'm looking for a new movie to do, a new uh, horror spoof to do next Halloween. So keep an eye out. Awesome. Okay. Definitely will. So remember, if you go camping in the woods and you get lost, don't kick your map into the creek. Talk to you all in the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of... 
like to read yeah me too well i've got just the book for you it's called iowa grindhouse by author brett royer it's a double feature if you will two stories okay here's the first one it's called mill dam road a group of friends on their way to a graduation party become stranded on mill dam road on their quest to find help, they stumble on a house haunted by the memories of one of their own. Will they survive through the night? Second story is called The Litter Monster of Lake Geode. A new nightmare has been released onto Geode State Park, one of our own making. A monster made up entirely of littered trash terrorizes the park, killing anybody that litters. Now, a couple DNR rangers must team up with a hippie girl to stop the monster before it reaches the edge of the park and makes it to town. Sounds awesome, right? Well, you can find Iowa Grindhouse on Amazon on their Kindle or as a paperback. Um, you just search for the author, Brett Royer. That's B-R-E-T-R-O-Y-E-R. That's B-R-E-T-R-O-Y-E-R. R-O-Y-E-R. Check out this double feature of scary stories to make you scream.